When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi everybody, Ross of My Hammers 11. Hope you are all safe and well. If you're new to the channel, consider subscribing. Hit the bell icon so you may not pay something to put new content on. As always, we'd like to thank our lovely channel sponsors on Tucket. Check them out in the description below. Father's Day coming up soon. Get yourself some new clobber with Untuck It. Or maybe even give your dad the gift of freshly shaven testicles. <laughs> with Manscaped. Obviously, we're working with Manscaped. You get 20% off and free delivery. If you use a promo code West Ham or West H20 at checkout on manscaped.com. Don't just do the, the shaving stuff. These stuff for your nose there. You do your, you know. Do it all. Do the t-shirts. Do some nice boxer shorts. Some nice cologne as well. Nice cologne. Anyway, um, we we we'd already done this another episode previously um, of hammers under not ha- hammers under the hammer. Oh, that's what it should be called. Something under the hammer. Um, anyway, hammers in hot water. Uh, where we took um, we took basically the the career of West Ham career of Savio. Savio Naresco. So make sure you go back and check that one out. That was really good. So we're moving on. Or moving on, they were going backwards. That was sort of midnight. That was the 2009, I think, Savio was. We're going back. Back to the mid-90s. And we're going to talk about one man. This man. Marco Bloody Boogers. The Boogers man cometh. Not the boogie man. The Boogers man. So let me take you guys back, as lights do. It's a Jack and Norby story. So sit, strap in. Let us know what you think afterwards. So if we start right at the beginning of the this, this Booger's saga, um, the 99, no, 1994-95 season had just finished. Um, it was our second full season in the Premier League, and we were sort of stagnating. We'd had two full seasons in the Premier League. Um, we'd finished in the lower third of the table, both. Um, it was clear we needed reinforcements, and um, Harry went on a bit of a spending spree. To be honest, uh, we made eleven signings um, between May nineteen ninety five and January nineteen ninety six. Peter Shilton came in, Mark Reaper, um, Billich, Robbie Slater, Lazaridis, Steve Jones, John Harks, Danny, Ili Dimitrescu, amongst others. Um, although we desperately needed that sort of that firepower up front to partner fan favourite Tony Cotty. Now, Harry had identified Marcus Stewart as the man who was going to get us these goals and he was going to be our main striker. 
Uh, but he was playing at Bristol Rovers at the time. Um, but unfortunately, he came with a 1.5 million price tag, which was far too much. So Harry was basically little. He had little time and uh, little money to get this forward involved. So he opted to spend uh, 800,000 quid on Sparta, Rotterdam's forward, Mar Marco Marco Boogers. He came with a bit of pedigree, Marco Boogers did, to be fair. Um, he had netted in total 103 goals in 238 league appearances in the Dutch League. Um, and he was the third best player in the league that season with 15 goals during that season in the 94-95 season. And that's not bad when you think the likes of Littman, um, Ronaldo for PSV and Cliver were also playing their trade in that league as well as people like the De Boer brothers and people like that. So that wasn't too shabby. So he came a bit of pedigree. Although Rotterdam's season was as probably uneventful as ours was that season. I think they finished 16th, uh, 14th or something like that as well. So almost identical positions to us. And he stood out because he'd scored so many goals. So, you know, potentially extra kudos there. Um, Bougas was actually believed to have a choice of clubs. Um, not just West Ham, but Napoli. Everton and Borussia Dortmund were all courting him, but he wanted to come to West Ham and chose West Ham because of the, the colours of the shirts. Um, so, you know, H was looking for this target man. He was looking for a guy to partner Cotty um, to have this sort of two up top, as well as buying Boogers and everyone else, he seemed. He also stumped up a quarter of a million for Ian Dowie as well, who was a, a similar height to Boogers of 185, 186, something like that. Now, there were rumours that Marco Boogers hadn't been properly scouted. Um, and they were initially denied by both Boogers and Redknapp until a few years later in H's um, autobiography, he revealed he actually just watched a tape, a video of Marco's highlights, and that was enough to convince him to get him in. As I said, he was short on time, short on money, so he needed, needed a striker in there. Indeed, Boogers did actually have quite a long-standing knee condition, a knee injury, which went undetected um, in the medical. So again, it would have suggested that, due to, that the, uh, the due diligence wasn't sufficiently carried out before his arrival, is fair to say. Um, when Boogers arrived for pre-season, it was quite clear that Harry's idea of an imposing number nine pretty much evaporated quite quickly. Um, he was quite slender, not bulky as Harry had hoped. Um, when we spoke to Martin Allen, actually, he um, he actually who actually H decided to room Boogers with Martin Allen during pre-season. He even mentioned he thought Boogers was a little bit odd, um, which was quite a lot considering it came from the Mad Dog. Um, and indeed, Harry spoke of Boogers in a 2019 interview, um, saying. Right from the go, the word go, Boogers' attitude stank. He was among the stragglers at the back. When he would go for a run, he didn't want to work. He was lazy, and all the players took an instant dislike to him. I suppose you would have, you, you, I suppose you could say he could play a bit, but he certainly was nowhere near as impressive as the video that <laughs> the video made out to me. What a surprise! A highlights video which didn't talk about the players' lack of interest in training and things like that. Who would have thunk it? Anyway, so. As I said, Harry clearly wasn't convinced with Boogers. He didn't start the opening game of that season against Leeds. He opted for Dowie and up top with TC. Boogers came on as a second-half substitute, though, um, with the Hammers 2-1 down. He got a warm reception by the Alton Park faithful. He was the actual cover star 
on the matchday program believe it or not um he didn't really do anything noteworthy in his debut to be perfectly honest he saved that he saved that greater impact for his next game which was away to manchester united again boogers was on the bench um Redknapp opted for just one up top with TC up front on his own. Uh, and Boogers came on once again as a second-half substitute. He was unleashed. And uh, within minutes of coming on, Marco set his sights on Gary Neville. He was attempting... Gary was attempting... Uh, 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 I think it was Steve Bruce passed to him. Quite innocuous, like, reasonably sort of high ball. And uh, Gary was trying to hi- control this high ball when Boogers sprinted towards him and aided with the wet, wet grass, apparently, of Old Trafford, slid into Neville, through into his standing leg, sending Neville crashing to the ground and a brawl erupted, including a noteworthy standoff between Julian Dixon and Roy Keane, which would have been interesting to see. Unsurprisingly, the referee, Dermot Gallagher at the time, had no choice but to issue a straight red card. And you can see here how happy Andy Cole looks at that. And you'll see a young David Beckham in the background there, Gary Pallister. Um, I think Schmeichel was involved in there. Look at, look at Cotty compared to Boogers. You see the height difference. You see why H needed a, a bigger, bigger striker. So anyway... Um, Yes, so he'd been sent off, and uh, despite uh, Harry stating in the pre and the post-match interview that the tackle wasn't in Marco's character, he later agreed that he got what he deserved, and um, all things weren't rosy when it came to Marco Boogers. H said pretty soon after he arrived, I realised he, he wasn't quite right. He didn't speak a word of English, and after a month, Marco's wife was crying, she was missing a mother, and we couldn't understand any of it. So there was always a, a, even from the beginning, this sort of strange relationship between uh, Marco and England, really, by the sounds of it, not just West Ham. So uh, despite appealing the decision, um, Marco received a four-match ban. And so rather than being dogged by the press attention that the tackle had, all the back pages of all newspapers had it, had the tackle and had headlines, um, and he was feeling homesick, so he went back to the Netherlands to be with his family. And that's where the legend began, the legend of Marco Boogers. He went back to the Netherlands with his family, and then the match day announcer at the time, and also the club's travel arranger, two jobs, uh, Bill Prosser, he received a call from a club call um, reporter. For those of anyone sort of, you know, no, no, no. club call was like the biggest, um, it was one sort of the main football news agencies. Um, a lot of the tabloids got their information from club call. Uh, and it was sort of, you know, a lot of it's on te- teletext, as you can see. Um, and basically, the club call report- reporter wanted to get an interview with Boogers. And he asked Prosser where he was. Prosser told the reporter he hadn't booked any flights for Marco. He would do all the flights. That was Bill's job. Um, and that he had probably gone by car again. That's what his actual words. He'd probably gone by car again, assuming gone by car back to Netherlands. This was misinterpreted by the reporter that he'd gone back to his caravan. And again, if you if you said it, out loud it does you know there is you could take it on a phone as well you know phones weren't weren't crystal clear and they're still not crystal clear now to be honest if it's landlines and stuff so you could see where the difference was so you know because of the prominence of club court at the time um being one of the main agencies it ended up 
being on the back page of, of the day of the of the sun particularly that Barbie Boogers has gone to live in a caravan. That was the headline. And obviously it had come just after the all the debacle with the Neville tackle. So it sort of the narrative continued. So he was always so he was tarnished with this gone away to the Netherlands to live in a caravan. That wasn't the case at all. Boogers was struggling to cope with life in London. He did return after his ban, after his four-match ban, with a doctor's note saying he was psychologically unfit to play football. Although publicly, it was the story was he had a sore stomach, and that's why he couldn't play. He did actually go on to make two further appearances for the club, both as a sub against Blackburn and Aston Villa. Having played just 44 minutes in four defeats, his reoccurring knee injury, aggregated, aggravated during training in December, put him on the shelf. After emergency server, uh, emergency, sur- it's not survey. I just after emergency surgery in London, um, Boogers went back to the Netherlands for rehab, and during this time, his son was born, and so there was nothing really keeping him at Lon- uh, in London. He didn't want to be back in London. When Boogers returned to full fitness. Uh, he was loaned to FC Gron. I can't pronounce it. Gronigan, FC Gronigan, but his knee problems returned even further, and his actual um, contract, uh, despite the fact he'd played for Gronigan, um, he'd scored a couple of goals, I believe. Um, West Ham basically term- mutually terminated his contract in the summer of 1996. He returned to the Dutch league, um, but never really managed sort of his goal scoring exploits that we had at Sparta Rotterdam. Um he was at RKC Warwick. Dennis will, t- will give me the pronunciations later, but never managed to reach his these exploits. He scored nine goals in the 96-97 season. Um, then he dropped down a division to FC Volven Volven Volendam. Why do I do these series? Volendam, 25 goals in 51 games. And then he moved to his hometown club of SC Dotterect. 66 goals in 128 games. Not a bad return, to be honest. One in two. Um, and he, he played many games there. Over, as I said, over 128 games there. After a brief stint as caretaker manager in 2005, he then became technical director at the club. Um, however, he regularly fell out with the then coach, Jan Everest. Quite often, they'd have a, have a public clash in the media. After he was relieved of his duties of technical director, I believe, sort of 2017, 2019, something like that, um, he went on to run his logistics company full time. Nothing to do with football now at all. And he now, uh, and is, the company is very successful. Um, they have a, a contract with DHL and it's become a family run business with his sons. And so, yeah, so the, the curious tale of Marco Bugas um, almost comes full circle. And just to add another footnote, He's refused to do an interview with me. So I thought the next best thing is for me to just talk about his series. He might, he might want to do an interview later on. He might want to do an interview later on. It's fine. It's fine, Marco. I can imagine so many questions and so many times he's been asked the same questions. I can, I can totally get it. But anyway, hope you enjoyed it. As I said, we've had Savio. We've had Marco Bugas. Comment below who you'd like us to have next in terms of the next episode of, the, of Hammers in Hot Water. We've got plenty more lined up. We've got three, two or three crackers in my, in the old noggin, which I'm going to start typing up and, and writing scripts for in the next week or so. But we'll try and do one a week if we can. So anyway, I hope that was interesting. Um, if you're new around here, 
comment, like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, and for myself, take care, everyone. Stay safe. Wash those hands. Get those jab appointments when you get your uh, the old text through from the NHS. Come on, you irons, and I'll see you again very, very soon. Take care, everyone. Podcast Network.